Welcome to Digital Health Talks. Each week, we meet with the healthcare leaders making a measurable difference in equity, access, and quality. Hear about what tech is worth investing in and what isn't as we focus on the innovations that deliver. Join me, Megan Antonelli, and my friend, Shahid Shah, for our weekly No BS Deep Dives into what's really making an impact in healthcare. I'm excited to introduce Mark Smith here, the VP of Workforce Strategy and Analytics over at Providence. Mark, thanks for joining us. Well, well, thanks for the invitation. Sure, appreciate it. Really glad to be here today. I think it's a great topic. You know, just for background, I, as Will mentioned, I lead Workforce Strategy and Analytics at Providence. You know, at our core with Workforce Strategy and Analytics, we believe our opportunity is to provide insights to the organization that help the organization and our leaders make their best decisions. And really, over the last two years with our pandemic and with the workforce crisis, it's probably never been more critical to provide insights. We've learned a lot about what's happening in the workforce and how we need to respond. And, and clearly, we've learned a couple of different things. First, what we know is hiring is not going to be the way out of crisis. Sounds counterintuitive, but that's just the reality. And that traditional agency models are probably not going to be able to help you with the supplements, supplemental staff that you really think you need today and going forward. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. You know, what made you realize that, you know, the traditional staffing agency model, you know, wasn't going to be something you're, you're going to be able to rely on in the future? And, and really, what, what was the kind of aha moment when you realized you needed to, to change something with your workforce strategy? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, let me speak about traditional agency first. You know, beginning in, in May of last year, as we were for finishing up our first uh, demand forecast at Providence, we were looking at our numbers for how we needed to grow. And at the same time, I was taking a look at our agency requests, and not only at Providence, but looking at nationally. And we were seeing that at that time, the agency requests across the country had increased about 132%. Uh, there were upwards of 40,000 agency requests across the country. But we also knew is that there were about 60,000 agency nurses available across the country. So we've seen this huge inc increase in the number of nurses needed and nowhere near the availability of agency nurses to fill all those requests. So it really told us that we were going to have to think about a different way to supplement our staff. What we also were looking at as uh, we watched the workforce crisis is this proliferation of healthcare workers moving to the sidelines. Upwards of 500,000 healthcare workers have gone to the sidelines for a lot of different reasons. And when we started to look at that a bit more, what we realized is that traditional agency was not going to fill the opportunity that it once did, but there could be an overlooked surplus with those individuals who weren't working today. Let's talk about that. What, what do you mean by sidelines? Like the 500,000 nurses that have left the field, was that in, by the way, was that in 2021, 500,000 left? So really good question, Will. You know, since the pandemic began, okay. about 500,000 healthcare workers across the country have gone to the sidelines. You know, from what we can ascertain from the information, many different reasons. Um, some are burned out and, and burnout is real. Some are you know, feeling that the heavy load of workload as others are leaving, the reward for staying is more work. And so that's moving people to the sidelines. There also is the element of the crisis around us. So 
while we see the challenges in healthcare, we also have adjacent industries where we see the challenge. So for example, daycare industry has really been hit hard by the crisis. Uh, right now, I think we have close to 106,000 openings for daycare jobs across the country. And you think about it this way, those jobs pay somewhere between 12 to $14 an hour. Someone could go to McDonald's in some areas of the country and make $15 an hour and also uh, get a $1,500 sign-on bonus. So, you know, that the reality is, is that our healthcare workers have families. Mm -hmm. If they don't have access to daycare, that really limits what they can do. We also know that we saw many um, healthcare workers go to the sidelines because they had loved ones who had medical conditions and needed care. So for many, many reasons, legitimate reasons, we've seen that. I think what we're also seeing in the crisis is that more in the workforce, healthcare and beyond are, are looking for more flexibility. When we think about our traditional employment models, it's often that we ask caregivers to work under our conditions. And what the workforce is saying today is, we, we wanna have a little bit more balance in what those conditions will look like. So I think for all those reasons, we're seeing many go to the sidelines and not just in healthcare, but it's significant to us in healthcare, 500,000 people is quite a bit. Yeah, how many how many healthcare professionals are there nationwide? I think it's like it's either I heard the number of 18 million or 22 million, I think it's somewhere around there. I mean, that's a huge percentage of the workforce that's left. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and then of course you mentioned flexibility, right? And we've talked about this before. You know, how do you track the 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 people from the sideline back into the industry? And and I'm I'm with you on that. I think flexibility for these folks, especially the ones that have children or, or folks they're caring for, is huge. So, you know, over at Providence, what flexible workforce models are you looking to deploy? You know, looking at many different opportunities, one of the first opportunities, and we think one of the most critical opportunities, is really looking at uh, knowing that we have so many people moving to the sidelines who are really not interested in returning to a traditional employment arrangement. We're really thinking more about gig. And so how do we think about a workforce where we can actually look at our work as something that a person can bid for, for want of a better way to think about it, and really pick up shifts, portions of shifts in a way that is aligned to what they need right now. And so that's why CareRev has been such a, an awesome arrangement for us because here we have this you know, really great opportunity to tap into an overlooked town surplus, 500,000 people, uh, healthcare workers who have gone to the sidelines who are saying, I can be available if you're open to a different arrangement. And so CareRev is doing a fantastic job of helping us really meet those folks in the middle, get introduced and find out what can work for, the, for those individuals. But they're doing it really on their terms. They're, they're doing it when they can be available. They're doing it at a price point that makes sense for them. And ultimately it makes a lot of sense for us as well. Yeah, you know, the huge thing for me, uh a former healthcare professional was being able to work, you know, close to my home, right? I, I didn't want to necessarily get up and travel to another market, you know, or, or take a travel contract. I wanted the flexibility to work, you know, at home, right? And I wasn't a single parent, right? I was just trying to pay, pay debt down. And so, I mean, of course, we're super excited to, to enter uh, Seattle and Portland and California with y'all and, and, and help these healthcare professionals out. How do you think, the definition of flexibility ha has changed in the workforce. Because when I was a nurse working locally in the healthcare systems I worked at, 
pretty much had to commit to a hospital, right? You had this like full-time work model. Even when I was per diem per se, I had to work Sunday nights. I had to work holidays. I had to work, you know, day shift, night shift another week. There was a lot of restrictions. And then the other thing that was a pain point for me as well was when they didn't need me, they would wait until a couple hours before the shift and then I get scheduled and then I'm at a loss of income, right? And so what, how do you think the definition of flexibility has changed? You know, dear, like what has the pandemic done to this definition? I guess the catalyst here to change it. The, the, the pandemic and the workforce crisis is making the, the definition evolve. And, and you hit it right on the head from your, you know, your experience yeah. as, as a nurse. You know, what the defini- definition used to be is we'd, we'd like you when we'd like you where we'd like you. And mm. the pandemic and the crisis is changing it to how does it look for you to be able to work with us? And I think that's really important. And, and you know, the, this crisis isn't going to end with the pandemic. And we, we know that 10,000 Americans turn 65 every single day. And, and even more to the point, the average age of retirement during the pandemic is lowered to 62. So we know that that's just going to continue to, to, to grow. We also know that the replacement rate, the birth rate, is nowhere near what we need to fill all the positions that we have. And particularly in healthcare, where what we've seen is, you know, we're at, right now about 40% of all the positions that healthcare posts actually get filled. It's an all-time low. So the, the reality is, is that the, the definition of flexibility has to look a lot more like the caregiver's definition. I want to be able to work when it makes sense for me. I want to have advance notice of when you need me. I want to make sure that I can have a schedule that can be innovated, innovative so that it meets both needs. And I, I think ultimately that definition creates a win-win-win. Yeah. Good for the employer to have loyal workforce members. It's good for our caregivers, our employees, to know that we can work with them. And ultimately, it's really good for the communities and the patients that we serve. Yeah, we've, we've talked about this before. I mean, this is huge for me, right? It, 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 and, and you mentioned this before, too. It's not about just like adding more people, right? There just, quite frankly, aren't more caregivers out there. I mean, we do have, you know, I think it's, is it 80,000 new grads every year coming into the industry? But it, it's not just about adding more people. It's about thinking about demand of our patients holistically. And how do we better match that demand and, and the supply of professionals in real time, right? And so to do that, you know, you just alluded to this, we really need to meet professionals where they're at with flexibility and make it easy for them to pick up shifts when they're needed by patients. And then the healthcare system wins, right? Because they're getting flexibility and they're able to to have cost savings associated with that. Uh, And then the patient population wins because the care provider is there when they need them. And then of course the the healthcare professionals are winning because they're, they're, they're picking up shifts on their schedule. Um, which is what what I always wanted, and what you know these a lot of single parents and people in school and retired folks and uh, people that have to take care of loved ones really need. So I'm with you. I, I think we do need a win 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 model, and uh, and I think it's you know now's the time considering all the dynamics. What do you what do you really envision as the future of work and healthcare? You know how how do you see Providence you know evolving? For the future, as we move to more of this outpatient and at-home model, and you know, patients not necessarily being in the hospital. Yeah, it's a great question. Well, I think that 
the first thing that I think about is how we're going to need to evolve our talent ecosystem. Uh, again, to meet people where they are. I, I don't see the trend changing of people going to the sidelines. I don't see the trend changing of people wanting to have flexibility. Uh, you know, even outside of healthcare, we've seen, you know, over half a million people incorporate as their own business. We've seen Pinterest, you know, just explode with, you know, virtual stores, if you will. So I don't really see that changing. And so I think we have to expand our talent ecosystem and really think a little bit more holistically about when might we need a traditional agency rotation? Where do we think we need our own employees? And where can we actually take work and bid it out to, to a gig workforce to meet people on their terms? So I, I actually think that for healthcare, it really kind of expands what's, what's available. But, you know, I, I couple that with the fact that we'll always have, you know, that we're really going to have to be mindful of how the jobs are designed. So um, in order to be attractive, whether it's through a traditional agency rotation, through our own, our own caregivers in our workforce, or you know, with this great arrangement with CareRev, at the base, have we designed the job that allow, to allow people to do their best work? And where have we allowed technology or automation to enable them to do their best work? So I think it's how we tackle it, because you know, to your point, I don't think we're not going to fill every opening. If we're only filling about 40% of the openings today, I don't see anything between now and 2030 that says that's going to rise. So we'll have to be a blend of expanding the ecosystem and really using technology to enable. And I, I actually think that's a this is a great time for us because particularly in healthcare, when we start to talk about technology to enable or to automate, it sounds like code for layoff. I just don't see layoff in this environment. No. I see us looking at how we fulfill and let technology be that enabler of it. But it's really about shrinking your demand forecast. It's not about layoff. Yeah, it's it's about, you know, I believe we talked about this before too, but it's about empowering your workforce. How you mentioned to me that oftentimes staffing managers and nurse managers will have multiple different systems they're having to log into to figure out you know, staffing, and then they have spreadsheets on the side, and they're doing group huddles, and there's no real, like, centralized, you know, staffing solution for them, or, or, or where they can get an idea in real time of what's going on with their, with their staffing inside their healthcare system, and I, and I think that's a huge opportunity, um, as you mentioned, to bring technology into, so it's easier, it's easier to schedule and staff people for true patient demand, uh, and then unit managers, of course, will be able to get, you know, We'll be able to get off of scheduling and managing people to supporting patients and their staff while they're there. It's not about laying people off. It's about empowering people so they can be better care providers and support the care providers that work for them, not spend half the day trying to figure out what the schedule should be. That's exactly right. And Will, I think you're hitting on a critical point. And it's one of the things that I really appreciate about what you're doing with CareRev is you know, some of what we have to make sure that we're doing right away is enabling our leaders to make their best staffing decisions. And it's about creating the right insights, but even more importantly, it's, it's really about creating better technological connectivity so that you can see and really kind of breaking down some of our platform barriers. It's one of the things that, you know, that, that I like as we start looking at um, our further engagement with CareRev, the platform that you've built really allows us to, to look at how we bring in the workforce on the sidelines, but we can also then connect it to a view with our own internal workforce to understand where there are openings, 
How do we push out openings to our external workforce and to our, our, our colleagues with CareF to, to really see it holistically? And I think that's one of those critical elements. Leaders have so many things on their plate. We were actually doing some work at Providence with our clinical leaders on reducing administrative burden. And we recognize that our leaders have to access over 30 different platforms to do their work. So when we think just about staffing and scheduling, which is a considerable amount of the work that they do, what if you could really collapse that down to one or two platforms? And so I think in addition to, to how you're helping us connect to the workforce on the sidelines, you're also helping us to connect externally and internally so we have one clear view. So that's one of those areas that we haven't done as much work yet, but where I'm really excited to start to explore what that could look like. So Mark, as it comes to you know implementing this, this workforce solution and the strategy you're doing now, How's it going? Has it has it been good, or you know, has anything bad happened? How's how's the process going? You know, it's been great, Will. And you know, and I, where I want to start with this is what we've enjoyed is that we're learning from each other. And you know, I, I think of a couple of examples as we've gone into implementation. For some people, this will probably sound a little off, but um, but it was really critical. You know, CareRev taught us that it's really more convenient for the workforce to look at a, a nine panel drug screen. Well, we, we had a 10 panel drug screen. So when we looked at it, what we, we found is CareRev was right. It, it's a lot easier to find a provider who can provide a nine panel drug screen than it is a 10 panel drug screen. So that's going to save us time and provisioning. And it's something that we're already looking at and bringing to the rest of our workforce. So that was really significant. We had uh, done some really nice work in uh, providing electronic medical record training online. So we were able to share that with CareRev so that they can bring that to other of their partners. So I think that's really been, you know, really good for us. Two things that that uh, that called to mind for me. One is how CareRev is helping us shift our thinking. We, when we started in this engagement, we thought, well, this will be fantastic. We'll find people that want to fill 12 hour shifts. And the CareRev team reminded us that if you're looking for flexibility, you might have to be open that you won't get the full 12 hour shift filled. So as we were talking with our nursing leaders, we asked the question, will you feel comfortable if we release a shift, but we can't fill the whole 12 hours? And I'll never forget, this was Michelle James, our executive director of clinical operations, who said, you know, Mark, some portion of a 12-hour shift getting filled is better than 0% of that 12-hour shift getting filled. And if this is what will bring people to the sidelines, and off the sidelines, sorry, and will provide the care that we want to provide, then let's do it. There's no reason why we shouldn't. And when I heard that from Michelle, who I just is a really trusted advisor to me, uh, you know, it became really clear that this is a great path. And, you know, what we're seeing as a result of that openness is that in our first phase in Western Washington, we've provisioned close to 93 healthcare professionals in the Seattle area. They're ready to work. And what we know is those 93 professionals are gonna fill hundreds of shifts for us. And what we also know that is, is they had a great experience with, with, uh, with us at Providence, based in part with the things that we learned from CareRev and we've adopted to make provisioning fast and easy they're going to recommend this to others. And so I think we'll see exponential growth in the number of healthcare workers who want to work through this method. They're going to have a great experience. 
They're going to fill lots of shifts and we're going to provide that great care to the community. We're going to give our own caregivers a lift because they know that we have the right people with the right skill set right next to them. So I, I, I think in all cases, this has been off to a really good start. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really I'm really thankful uh, for Providence as well, as you brought to the forefront of a lot of conversations around burnout. And we, we hadn't been having conversations like that with healthcare systems before, you know, it was predominantly around how do we how do we bring people in their door at all? And how do we get them off these fixed costs? But, the you know, when I first met with Sill, one of the things he mentioned that that y'all were doing was really looking at your staff overall and how you could reduce burnout. I mean, I believe he had programs in place where he was calling people to check on them and their mental health. And I've just been super impressed, you know, with with that innovation and that mindset at the corporate level and and how that plays down. I think, you know, these 93 people that you've met, you're going to retain them. I think I think the culture of, of, of treating people well and trying to retain them and reduce burnout is huge in this industry right now. And I think it's a great call. Well, you know, first we've done. I will say we've done amazing work in well-being. I'm, I'm so proud of Providence for what we're doing. It's just so aligned with our mission. And, uh, you know, we, we've made a lot of investments over the course of the pandemic because they were the right thing to do. And well-being is, is huge. And I, I think to your point, we're excited to welcome these 93 healthcare workers. And we're excited to welcome them, whether they at some point decide they want to be Providence caregivers or if they say, Staying on the sidelines and ha or having and having this flexibility is what's best for me. If if that's what's best for their well-being, then then we want to support it. All right. Well, thank you so much, Mark. Super excited to chat with you and work with you, and looking forward to our next conversation. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Will. Appreciate the time. Thank you for joining us for this week's Health Impacts Digital Health Talk. Don't miss another podcast. Subscribe at digitalhealthtalks.com. And to join us at our next face-to-face -face event, visit healthimpactlive.com.